Uh, welcome, my name is Michael Hines, uh, I'm a television director and I'm delighted to have with me these two ladies today to talk about the art of casting and casting directors and that kind of stuff. So, um, let me introduce them first of all. We have uh, Simone Pereira-Hind, who is a casting director uh, currently working on Outlander. And we have Claire Kerr, who's a producer, most recently done a new comedy called Code, Code 404 and a variety of other works. Uh, I'm interested with all of you here today just to get a, a sense of where we're at as a group of people. So hands up if you're an actor or an actress delighted to see a casting director here, be honest. Good, okay, all up the front like this. <laughs> okay, put your headshots down. Uh, okay, good, how many filmmakers do we have in here Want to know a little bit more about the role? Okay, lovely. And is anybody in here want to be a casting director and interested to know what that's like? Oh. oh, I had a fiver on no one. Okay, cool, <laughs> great. Well, that's great. That's good to know. Anybody else from a different discipline has a specific interest uh, in today? Put your hand up and let me know. No? Oh, yes, yes, you at the back, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a game producer, and I'm just cast, being a cast, and I'm sort of being a customer of skills. Lovely, thank you. And someone over here? We have working with actors and here, and the four editions of Great, okay, lovely. What we're going to do is we're going to leather for a wee bit, but rather than talk for an hour and then have two minutes of questions, we're going to let you ask us stuff and then see if we can respond. We have effectively the main creative team here, even though I'm chairing the session as a director, what I'm looking for in actors and actors, how I would work with the casting director, but really it's Simone's gig to sort of say what she's doing and how you can best get the information from her, but with a realisation of our needs from a producer and a director's level. So we'll talk all the way through it. If you have a specific question on a point as I go along, just shove your hand up and we'll have a conversation rather than me going, no, any questions. All right, smash it. Uh, so the first thing I want to do, just to be absolutely clear, is to ask each of you exactly what your job entails and, and more importantly for you as a producer, how that relates to casting. So Simone, tell me exactly what your job entails. Uh, it entails sourcing actors, finding actors uh, from theatre, television, film, wherever I've seen people, uh, drama schools, of course. Um, there's long and short ways of saying what I do, but sourcing the actors, putting them in front of the director and producer, mostly the director, auditioning them. Uh, sometimes I don't have a director there. Um, and contracting them, so doing the deals as well. Uh, there's okay. many long no, ways no, sure. of saying What's that. What's the best bit about your job? The best bit is getting people jobs. The best bit is the excitement of auditioning someone, thinking they're brilliant, and then them getting the Do job. Do you get to ring them up and say you've got the gig? Rarely. I, I just cast someone in a really fantastic role in something, and I'm so excited for him. And I was really pleased when he emailed me so I could email back going, I know, isn't it fantastic? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, generally talking to agents, unless someone doesn't have an agent, of course. And the toughest bit of your job? <sighs> There's a few of those. One is, we were talking about this the other week, but one of them is the moment when you lose an actor at short notice, when you're about to start shooting with them and they drop out for some reason, they pull out for some reason, because they've got a better job. It just happened to me very recently. Um, or just something happens and they can't. So that's always hair-raising, but always manageable. Because you're expected to find someone else in a very quick yeah, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. So there's a horrible, stressful, adrenaline-filled moment of, 
how we're going to manage this, but <laughs> it's always managed somehow or another. And because this has been recorded for future archives, we'd all agree we'd call that person an arsehole, but we're not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Claire, let me ask you in terms of your uh, association and need to because obviously producers are sitting in so many different plates. Uh, what's the best thing and most useful thing about casting director? And also, really interestingly, how do you decide which one to go to? Um, I think it depends on what sort of stuff they've cast before. Um, some the, the, some cast, casting directors often kind of fit into a bit of a niche. So the job I worked on earlier on this year was a comedy, and the casting director um, was. Um, had um, done lots of comedy, so and a lot of that they're, they're looking for maybe stand-up comedians or people to come in and take roles. And she she had a particular you know feel for where to get those people from. Um, and uh, we, we're working with when I'm working with Simone at the moment, I'm making a feature film which is a drama. And it's not to say that just because someone does one thing they couldn't do another, but you kind of have a little black book, and there, there are relationships that people build up. Um, so. I think it's what they've done, maybe what they've done before, um, and looking at their own kind of portfolio and thinking, will it fit with what I'm doing? I, I had some one-to-ones this morning with different directors, and one thing that I was telling them, and I'll tell, say to all of you as a director, producers, to a degree, are risk-averse in the sense that they need to hire the very best people they believe for their specific projects. And that's interesting to hear you say, I would go horses for courses, I would get someone for a drama and someone yeah. else for comedy. Not to say that you couldn't do comedy. Absolutely like right. That. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Me too. Say, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is interesting, and you will find that in the industry, that producers uh, are very clear that they want the very best people who are known for doing that specific thing. Now, if it's a horror comedy, they might go towards horror or they might go towards comedy, but they're not going to go to a soap director or, or that kind of person. So when, if you're ever writing to producers, make sure that you tailor yourself to be exactly what they need for that project and why you are. It's just a, a wee tip effectively from that. And so tell me about the actual mechanism of approaching a casting director and how you two would work and whether or not you say, well, tell me about it and see if it's for you or not. Mm-hmm. How does that work? You go first, Claire. Well, we met through a, an agent, actually, that I uh, in Edinburgh, who I was on, she, I think she was phoning me about a job I was on, one of the actors, and then she said, do you know Simone? And I didn't, and I think you just, you, not long moved back. To, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. back to Edinburgh. So she said, I think you'd really get on, why don't you meet up? So we did, and we did. And, and then, and I had a, a, a script at the time, the tripwire, the feature film I'm uh, getting made at the moment, and asked if someone would have a look at it, and you did. I liked it, um, and that's kind of that's how it started. And other uh, cast and directors I know of through my work in as a live producer in television, so they've come. I've known some of them, and I think it also depends. Um, I have in the past gone cold to some quite um, well-known cast and directors. And been told they were far too busy for my project, so it was. Um, How rude! Yeah, but I mean, there was, it was a quick answer. It was a quick answer. It was a quick answer. So I think there's, I think that was before I knew you, and you know, I was a bit newer in the game, and it's like I knew I needed to get a casting director on board. I needed to find someone who could do it, and I looked again. I looked around at who was doing the sort of work that I thought was interesting, and and tried to get them involved. And actually, to be fair, I think it, it is just that thing that good casting directors are really, really, really busy. So. I'd much rather be told honestly. Let me just pick up on that. When you say good casting, what makes a casting director good? What is it that they bring to your production that makes them really valuable and that you think, wow, that was amazing what they did? 
I think it's partly to do with their relationship with agents um, and their taste in 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 the actors. Um, so if they're suggesting someone I maybe hadn't thought of, but suddenly a light goes on and you think, yeah, that's absolutely right, then that's that's a great relationship to have. So you need to you kind of need to have the same taste as each other. Or well, it's interesting that you're saying that because I'm just thinking something we have to do as casting directors is adapt our taste to whoever we're working with as well. Um, so of course you have people that you think, as soon as you read a script, you think, blah, blah, would be perfect for this. Um, but for instance, I'm working on a feature at the moment and I'm working with a director that I don't know, he's a Belgian director, who's actually got a really large body of work, very successful, but he's a European director who I haven't come across before. And it's only go through going through the process of talking through ideas with him and then actually, more crucially, is watching some of his previous work that the pennies dropped with me and I've just put someone in front of him and he's gone, oh my God, I must have this person in my film, blah, blah. But it took a little while. <laughs> Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, it was <laughs> But it took me a while to realise, to work out what his taste was because he wasn't telling me, he was saying things like beautiful, but actually the people I think that he's most interested in are quirky, characterful, not conventionally beautiful, for instance. So, so let me just ask you then, in that yeah. case, uh, you will have separate kinds of conversations with the producer as you will with the director. Just tell me the kinds of conversations, and I'll get into a little bit more detail, you'd have with Claire compared to your director. Just for these guys out here, we have a producer, we have directors, so they know how to talk to you about what specifics or how they should do couch stuff. Yeah. So when you discuss things with the producer, what do you need to know, what's useful to have? I feel like with the producer, we're sort of, I mean, that, that this is very much generalising, and you know yeah. that, but we're talking about the more practical elements, we're talking about the budget, the schedule, um, you know, who we can afford, um, what else do we do, talking through the contracts. So whenever I'm doing a deal, I won't just pluck figures out of the air, I will go to the producer and just say, what about this? Can we afford this? Um, is that because agents will speak to you and say, I can give you, you know, John Smith uh, to come along for this, but he'd be expecting this kind of level, so you need to know that, because I imagine that you would do, I'm looking at Claire here for the archive, he's wearing white, um, is that uh, you would probably do the final deals with the agents, or do you talk figures with agents? No, I do the deals. You, you do the, the deals, yeah, well, that's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, right, absolutely. okay. Um, question is now. I think as well that varies from to my experience from casting director to casting director to my, to some, to, to my some frustration and, and there have been some jobs I've worked on as light producers where um, the casting director has done things up to a certain point and then said right we're off uh, can you do these deals? No. Yeah. They're also dead to her. They are. So, Tomorrow, talk about conversations. Yeah. So, that kind of stuff with the producer. And then, when you come on board, tell me about the kind of conversations or questions that are useful uh, to have with the director of the piece. I mean, that is for me all about um, the characters, what they're looking for. Some very often after their own ideas, so I'm trying to gauge their taste actually. Um, and then, beyond that, talking through my ideas talking through characterisation so often I'll go to a director and say do you have a character breakdown I'm happy to write one but do you have something existing um, that we can use to put out to agents for instance um, so it's much more the 
creative side, I suppose. Uh, the subjective, I guess, in a sense. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you two are working together, are you likely, Claire, to say to someone, um, we're shooting in Glasgow, the whole base is in Glasgow, it would be better if you could get Glasgow-based actors? The reason I'm saying this is for an awful lot of productions to actors in here, put on spotlight if you have a Glasgow Edinburgh base, I have a Glasgow base and I have a London base, because an awful lot, particularly commercials, will do searches based on height, Gender and where you're based. Yeah. You know, that's but Yes, ma'am. They've just changed the function spot where you can get in three bases. Yeah. Great. Okay. So Glasgow, time. London, the moon, and you'll get a gig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But only if you are there, because I guarantee that the three of us will say, oh, it says you're based in Glasgow, we don't need to house you, and you sleep rough on the streets during production. It's not a good thing. So don't lie on spotlight. People have been caught out before. Um, but is that the sort of thing that will do, or, or is that a source of frustration to you, or is that the level on the budget? I think it's all about the level of the budget, but you know, you yeah. have to be sensible about what you're asking for. So at the moment I've been casting a pilot which requires ballet dancers and the budget is really low. And we've been, we'd like to find everyone in Scotland, I mean, I'd often like to find everyone in Scotland of since course. we all live and work here. But it's such a difficult brief actually that we've had to then go back to the producer and say, look, here's your 12 people. If you want some more, we need to open this up. You're going to have to accommodate people and travel them. And then that's their decision. And if, if they can't, then I just have to work within that budget and they just have to understand that we're very limited in that case. So if you, if you have some free time, if you do, are you interested in the more low-level kind of stuff? And if you are, or what is your advice to filmmakers in the audience today at their level who are looking to maybe hire the use of the casting director um, how to approach you, how not to approach you. What's the best way to do that? I mean, email, always. It really gets on my nerves when people ring me. <laughs> not on my hook, but when I get mobile. But I'm Particularly <laughs> actors ringing me on my mobile just seems like a really bizarre thing Intrusive. to do. Instead yeah. of just emailing me when I can, you know, respond when I can. Um, for me, work, aside from working with people I already know, which happens all the time, for me, it's all about the script, so I'm always looking for a really good script. Um, and if it's really good script, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what level you're at, because I do now insist that I get paid for my job. Uh, can't afford to do freebies anymore, any more than anyone else here can. Uh, but I will sometimes work as a kind of consultant to people in order to be able to help them out. So. I might get some ideas together for them, and then they have to do the legwork. Sure. Um, so yeah, sending me the script and a nice friendly email, that's, okay. that's the approach really. Gordon, I'd like to have a little look at Simone's uh, showroom please. Oh God. We're going to show you the kind of stuff that Simone has done on her showreel. Uh, just in case any of you are thinking, oh, I might hire her, start saving up. Uh, <laughs> and this is the kind of work she's done. Thank you very much, Gordon. It's interesting that there is some really high-level talent in there, mm -hmm. um, and I asked you this before in email, I was fascinated by your answer. I presume that sometimes a casting director will come and there's already high-level talent there and you have to fill it in, but you're saying most of those you cast everyone. Yeah. And will you talk therefore to the producers say, why don't we go for Ralph Fiennes or whoever it is, um, or do they have ideas, or how does that work with the high-level, and do you start at the top and work your way down the hierarchy? definitely work from the, the big roles first and, and work your way down the 
uh, script schedule, whatever, yeah. the cast. Um, I mean, it, I can't remember the last time that I worked on something which had cast attached to it. So let's enough. talk to about Elizabeth then, yeah. in that case there, where you have really big names. Do you suggest them or do they have suggestions or how does it work with that? Do they ask you to approach people? So that was, we were working with Working Title, we worked with them quite regularly. So we essentially go into the room with it. In those days, lots of photos and CVs. Um, these days, a digital list, <laughs> picture lists where yeah. you can click onto ideas and look at their IMDB, look at their <coughs> reels. We, we spend a lot of our time making picture lists mm -hmm. uh, for directors and producers to go through our ideas. Um, so, of course, when you start on something like a feature, I think the director will have, and um, probably the producers as well, will have ideas. And actually, saying this, the project we're working on came to me with some cast already attached. Yeah. Um, but I think what was really helpful was, because I'd had those casts attached for a little while, and then we were trying to gear things up and try and get things moving, and it was really helpful to have Simone on the team, because when I went back to the agents, Simone did the talking on my behalf to explain to them exactly where we were, and because those agents know Simone and know that she's you know, a, a pro and trustworthy. You know, trustworthy, and they didn't know me as well, they, they knew me a little, you know, they really only knew me from the brief conversations I had. So that was part of, that was what was really, really helpful was, um, especially with features, sort of lower, medium budget British features, casting, um, sorry, agents are kind of understandably cautious about their talent getting mm -hmm. attached to something where they don't necessarily know everybody involved. But if they know the casting director, it can be very helpful to kind of smooth the way. Can and I, much so. Well, Just thinking, on this Belgian Scottish film I'm working on, I'm essentially having educated myself about the director and trying to pass that information onto the agents because they're a bit like, yeah, well, what is this? And, uh, uh, uh. Uh -huh. and I'm saying this guy actually is extremely successful just because we don't know him. Uh, he has his films going to directors' fortnight at Cannes regularly. Um, here's his film. Here's his last film. You will really understand from this film his vision, he really likes working with actors and writing. He's an actor, writer, director. So he likes developing the script with his lead actors. So that is very much part of my job, is to educate agents. Mm -hmm. And I can often get faster answers. I can push harder with agents than producers who yeah. don't know them so well. So let's talk a little bit about, because we have actors in here, about agents and actors and how your relationship and how you do them. I presume you're in contact with agents a lot, just asking who's new and all the rest of it. Yeah. Is it worth, first of all, actors sending you stuff? And if so, what is the best stuff to send you? Uh, I am always looking for people that I don't know in Scotland um, because it's a relatively small pool still. In London, you know, there are so many actors that it's much harder to get a look in, I think, working in London. Um, so I'm always looking for people. I get emailed every day by people literally from all over the world. And I cannot just, I cannot manage that amount of stuff. So I'm going straight into the email, looking to see who they are and where they're based. And if they're in Scotland, then I put them onto my database, actually. And if they're not, if they're... Brazilian, I'm often, you know, not just Brazilian, <laughs> but if they're not someone that I'm looking for there and then, I, 
too busy. Well, there isn't. <laughs> if there isn't some reason why I got to, I need to look at those people. I delete them. Is it's it helpful then much. if people in Scotland send you it and in the subject line of the email they put Scotch-based actors? Yeah, absolutely. There you go, absolutely. <laughs> and much as I'd like to reply to every email, I can't. Um, so it may be that if you write, I've actually kept your details on the database but not been able to respond. Um, I know it's a bit brutal, but it's just impossible to no, manage. I get sent an awful lot of headshots and CVs, and if I can, I will reply. Yeah. It'll usually be a stock email, thank you, I'll put you on file, yeah. and if anything appropriate comes up. But when I need to, I will go through them if I haven't already looked through Absolutely. them. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, should people send you a link to a reel or spotlight straight away? Spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. I, I would say a couple of things. Keep your bloody email short. Um, <laughs> Scottish-based bike. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it really short. All you need to say is, this is my name, uh, I'm based in Scotland, and I want a link straight into your Spotlight page. Not the Spotlight number, that drives me crazy. I don't know why we have Spotlight numbers at all. You can put a link in the body of your email straight into your Spotlight page, and I'm right there. That's what I'm automatically looking for. Um, Okay, and then if you want, you can access other stuff from there. Yeah. How important, because sometimes it's difficult for emerging actors, I understand this, to get showrooms put yeah. together or to yeah. get quality work yeah. put together. How important is it and how much does it influence your decision or what is it you look for? Because quite often I'll get asked for auditions and I don't necessarily need to know that you've done any TV work or not. I need to know you're house trained and not an idiot. But apart from that, I'm quite happy if I think the look is right for me often. Yeah. But then, uh, what about for yourself? Um, I mean, of course, it depends on what I'm casting. <clears throat> and I will sometimes go from, from a look, I'll make a decision to see people. I and casting directors will tell you different things, so this is not simple. I think it's better to have something on a reel than not. Um, I am very happy to look at, for instance, stuff that has been well shot, well filmed, but a scene that you've run with another actor that looks professional, that looks like it could be a clip from something, but isn't. That's fine with me. Other casting directors will say to you, don't do that and wait until you've got a professional reel. But I often like to look at a reel if I don't know someone, just to kind of see who they are because photographs can be incredibly deceptive as you all know you just kind of want to see someone walking and talking sometimes also people do look different on screen they do they absolutely do. And, and certain actors will have a, a quality on screen that's kind of intangible screen presence i guess we call it uh, and that's always nice to see but most of you these days uh, have got access to iphones with fairly decent cameras and a bit of lighting and you, I guess even a monologue or something like that, just to see you on screen, that kind of stuff. Preferably not a monologue, not but a, yeah. a duologue. A duologue. Yeah. Uh, any tips, very briefly, just in this one, because it's not about self-taping, but for self-taping and how often you use that and what you look for, what are the common pitfalls for actors who self-tape? We, we use it all the time. It's incredibly useful. So, for instance, with these ballet dancers, we've been asking people to say a bit about themselves and then show us what they can do <coughs> ballet-wise because I don't have an office that can um, people can do a lot of ballet in. Pirouette across the room. <laughs> Thanks for seeing me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
self-taping, I mean, it seems really logical to me, but then when I look at self-tapes, it obviously isn't. <laughs> but to shoot yourself against a, a blank wall as far as possible, so we're not looking at the details of your kitchen or your bedroom or whatever, that's really distracting. Um, and just checking the bloody sound and the visuals so that you, you look good. You know, try not to shoot yourself from under your chin. Um, so you're shooting quite close up most of the time, unless we're asking you to do something particularly physical, which is rare. Yeah, it, it is relatively well, straightforward. Oh, sorry, yes. Very good question. How strict do you tend to be about set? If you hate the sound, do you switch it off? Because, for example, um, my apartment has terrible sound and there's just traffic noises all the time. That, that, that isn't a problem. I work in an unfortunately, I mean, wonderful place. I work at Summer Hall. But we have to manage people soaring under our window and all sorts. So I understand. That's not a problem. It's, I was watching a tape yesterday and it was, it was going shh and I could hardly hear what the person was saying. And I couldn't understand how they could have sent that tape. Because they didn't review it. Presumably it. so. Which seems odd because I always think self-taping must be a bit of a gift because if you don't like the first take, you can you can do it as many yeah. times until you get the version exactly. you like best, and that just doesn't happen in auditions. Although, to be fair, most actors I work with will never know their best take. Yeah, but you know what I mean. At least, but, yeah, no, but in order to get audition, it must yeah. be nerve-wracking, and you might get five minutes, and then you're out the door. Whereas, at least with self-taping, you have a chance to learn it, and you know, you just have a bit more time. So let me ask this question to both of you. Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, and I'll come back to the audition thing in a second, though. Let's say for some of these guys who are on a smaller budget, going back to the filmmakers in the room, um, what are your tips for contacting cast if they either have to cast themselves, they can't afford you, or uh, contacting uh, actors and agents? What are the pitfalls for both of you for casting uh, for that kind of level of smaller student, not student films, but slightly after the level you guys are at with a bit of money, that kind of thing, from a producer's point of view? Because you must have had to get cast in beforehand without the use of casting directors. Yeah, the first feature film I made is called Night People, and we had £350,000 to make it. We, um, we probably, to be honest, looking inexperienced made me think, oh, we can't afford a casting director. I probably could have afforded to get someone to give us a bit of advice, at least. And that's not the route I went down. And um, we cast the whole thing ourselves. And what was quite funny was one of the actors that we did cast eventually, when he came up to Scotland to be in the film, he was the only person we cast from London. And he met me and he went, oh, you're the producer? And I said, yeah, because I was filming in the room. And he said, I thought you were the casting director. <laughs> he said, I'm really sorry. I was probably a bit rude. Cause he, like, he said, I hate it when casting directors come and I can't actually get anywhere near the director. And we'd gone out of our way to make it a very warm, you know, the director was there, he was giving direction, they all got about three or four goals. It was just a bit of an oddball. And then, but we cast everyone. But we were, we were after a, a kind of, you know, very well-known uh, Scottish, older Scottish actor for one role and that turned into an absolute that uh, turned into a bit of a nightmare for me I was a bit sick in my mouth at one point because I, we, had, we, had, we had set in the Did script no, no, it wasn't him it was, it was the whole process of dealing with his really t um, fierce agent and uh, we'd set the script we were waiting for a reply we were greenlit, we knew what our filming dates were I mean in a way, now that I look back with experience we were very organised. They, 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 they had everything they needed to know. They had the script and who the director was. They knew exact shooting dates. And all I needed from them was an idea of whether or not he was, he was interested. You know, can we have a further conversation? And they kept on putting me off, kept on putting me off. Because I was a producer without anyone there to help me, to say, look, don't be ridiculous. Of course, you can give us an answer. 
And then we were getting so worried about getting closer and closer to our filming date, we started to, we looked for some, we, we, we saw some other actors about the same age. Yeah. yeah, not quite as well known, but the same age. And one of them kind of nailed it. And the director was like, I can't wait any longer. This is the guy. And costume needed to know who we were having yeah. so they could oh, fit them and all the rest of it. So I rung the agency <laughs> to say, hi, it's me, and I've just wanted to say I'm throwing the offer to your... Your um, artist, yeah. yeah, and the assistants are like, oh, and I swear to God, I must have phoned them about seven times, and I'd never spoken to the main agent. I made that call. I said thanks and good night. I hung up. Five minutes later, oh, mummy agent face. was on the phone, yelling at me, "How dare you? How dare you do this? Who do you think you are?" Who do you? And I said, well, "I'm the producer. It's a great I'm, I'm the producer, and I'm making this film, and we're shooting in two weeks, and I need to know yeah, if I've got an actor or not. And I, you know, I have to protect my production. And you know, I didn't mean to be rude, but well, who's the director? And I thought, this is the director. We will never work with him again. Oh, and she just God, went sorry. totally off the deep end, and I was in the, ended up in the loo quaking, and I was like thinking, oh, that's, it. I've, that's it, I've killed my career dead, I'm not going to work in this town. And I rung a friend of mine to talk it through who happened to be working for an agent in London and said, this is just happening. We still in the loop. I was in the loop. Because I didn't want any of the team, anyone else to see me. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And, then, and she started killing herself laughing and she said, they've totally, totally messed up. They've probably taken ages to send them the script. They finally sent it out after you chasing them. And he it, likes it. And yeah, he likes it. it. Or it landed on his doorstep and they can't they can't they have to go back to him and go, um, yeah. 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 So she said they've dropped themselves in it and they're trying to take it out on you. And that would have it was so great because in a way I had that I mean I kinda wished I'd wrong her at the start of the job and got her advice, but I didn't know, I didn't know. But having if I'd had a casting director working with me on that, I probably could have saved myself a lot of anxiety. And we may even have got the, the, the person to, to do it because they probably would have hurried up a bit because I'd have had someone hustling them. Yeah. Small about you, what advice would you give to the guys at that kind of level budget in terms of approaching agents and things like that? I mean, I hate to go on about this, but I would say get yourself a casting director yeah. because it will make your life a lot easier. If you can't do that, we were talking about this again the other day, Spotlight is the most fantastic resource and a way of finding out where actors are and actually getting straight through to actors because you can put a brief out on Spotlight and send it to everybody, essentially. It means, this is what we have to put up with, you'll get a load of terrible suggestions of people who are completely wrong for your project, who are in the wrong place, even though you've written really carefully, they've got to be here and this is the money and da-da-da-da. But you will find some people through Spotlight. There are... As lots of you here know, actors want to act, and there are people who are starting out who want um, to build their showreels, who want to work with new filmmakers. So, Spotlight is the that's, greatest. That's a very good point, is actually, I'll continue in a second. So it's a very good point because um, actors don't have access to professional, technically well made stuff. And if most of you uh, are capable of accessing good quality equipment and can light it a little bit and get good quality sound, that's fantastic for them to have the kind of thing that someone was talking about. Yes, sir. See when she's got the car sorted? Do you ever have a backup just in case for some reason no. it goes wrong? No. Is it just a scramble to get the next yeah. person? Yeah, you would never have a, a, a backup. You'd, you'd have a kind of first and second choice, but at some point you have to take a leap commit to someone. It would be unfair, I guess the agents wouldn't like it as absolutely. well. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you an interesting story very quickly, is when we did Still Game at the Hydra, the first play, um, Shamshad, who played Mina, 
uh, is too infirm to be on stage, so I was looking for an alternative, and I needed an Asian lady who could wear a fat suit, who could dance, sing, and perform live stuff. There's not a lot of them out in Spotlight. No. I had three suggestions returned to me from Spotlight. Uh, the first was Ludwig Care, who lives in Edinburgh, who played the part. The second was a lady who's in EastEnders in London, and the third was a white guy called Vince. <laughs> exactly. I should never work with Aston and Vince for <laughs> wasting my five seconds in going everything completely. And, and somehow Spotlight Search, he decided to apply for this gig, and oh, I thought that's outrageous. And the second thing is, uh, the second thing is, years ago I did a kids series, and we put out a casting breakdown for Carlos, the Spanish van driver. And I said to the agents, he's a van driver, all right? He can look Spanish, he, we, we might do the acts and all the rest of it. He needs to be able to drive. And, and we filmed stuff, and I am on tape, a guy going, yeah, I can drive. And when it came to the night before, the agent, who shall remain nameless, it's Pat Lover, um, <laughs> called up, bless her, she's away now, uh, phoned up and said, um, you do realise my uh, actor can't drive? And I said, well, I have him on tape saying he can. And we had to negotiate, because I was producing as well, that some of his fee went towards hiring of an A-frame. And I was like, don't do this to me, don't say. Now, if you get a job as an actor, as a horse rider, and say you can ride a horse, you bastard in both of you able to ride a horse by the time we come to the shoot of it. Let's just move on to the, when you get them in the room to audition it, yes. and talk about that. Do you like to go to auditions, or do you not, as a producer? I love to go to auditions. And I, 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 Have you I, ever got a part? No, no, I couldn't, I don't want to Sorry, be in front of it. Yeah, no, I do like being there. I, you don't always have the time, because, yeah. But it's often what you do is that there's a first round of auditions and then there's the there's the callbacks, whatever. You know. So that's maybe where I'll get to see a bit more. But um, yeah, I'd like to be there. So take us through the process. You've either self-taped or you've got people in. Mm -hmm. Does self-taping lead, lead to a callback often? Or how would you work? Would you always see someone in the room after a self-tape before giving them part? Totally, or? totally varies. So on Outlander, for instance, we try and see everybody in our office unless... Sometimes we have people taping for us in London who have a base in Scotland um, and actually on Outlander. So we audition in our room, we get our self-tapes, we put them up to the producers and directors and they, unless we're talking about the lead, lead, lead characters, they make a choice from looking at the tape. So you, if you get a job on Outlander, you often don't meet anybody until you're doing costume or you might be lucky enough to do the read-through, which is a helpful thing, or it might just be there on set, that's where you meet the director, producers, and the rest of the cast, which is quite a big leap. Yes, but somehow it works very successfully. So tell us about your auditioning process. Again, tips for the actors here, and also for filmmakers, very briefly, what to do and what not to do in an audition. Um, again, I think it's all incredibly logical, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> I can't emphasise more how important that moment is when you just walk through the door and we say hello, or you walk through the summer hall with my associate, Anna, who works with me. It just needs to be nice, warm and friendly. Um, that's really important, actually, that moment of meeting and just making a connection. I think it's really helpful for the actors, hopefully, to try and relax them. Um, we audition in our office, uh, we put everyone on tape. I work in film and te television primarily, so it's pretty much this uh, process. And you absolutely must learn your lines. That's uh, very much a film and television thing. Scene, do you expect them to be off book? Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's different in theatre, but absolutely. Um, 
if you forget your lines because you're nervous, that's different. That's very different from not having learnt your lines. And it's very easy to tell the difference, I'm sure you know. Um, so yeah, must be off book. It's really important for you to be off book so that you can then relax and vary your um, performance as necessary so you're not worrying about your lines. Are most people nervous when they do it really varies. So there are I would lots say yes. Most people are aware. So? Well, I think they are even if they hide it. I That's think that, true. I think as an actor, no matter who we are in life, even if we go on a date, we may appear confident, but yeah. we're slightly nervous. What you mustn't do is come across as appearing completely needy. That goes as well for dates as it does for auditions. But but yeah, no, I think I think they are. In a now, some will be very nervous and some will hide it well. Yeah. But yeah, you. Uh, just to put in, the one thing I would suggest for actors is remember, we think you can act, otherwise we wouldn't have you in the room. So don't come in and go, thank you for seeing me, I, you know, I've not been really good and I'm not, and be insecure about it, because some people come in and are apologetic. If I, you're not, I'm too busy to have you in the room uh, if I, I don't think you can act. So yeah. If you can act, you can, assume that confidence. I'm an actor, I'm in the room because they think I can and do your stuff, otherwise we wouldn't hide, we wouldn't bring you in, you know, sorry. No, no, I think that's incredibly important, and I th it's interesting watching actors growing over the years as they come out of drama school and, and get used to the process, get used to not getting jobs, but you must consider the audition the job as much as the bit where you get the money and get on set and what have you. The audition absolutely is the job, and it's a can be a fun part of the job, can't it, Karen? Yes. <laughs> um, we will uh, we'll get you in and get you to do the reading however you've prepared it, without giving you any direction, and then probably run through it at least once more, having discussed it. Sometimes, <coughs> lots and lots of times. So uh, I was casting a role on Outlander recently, big role, and this young actor came in who was doing really well and he kept smiling during the scene and I just kept saying, no, no, that's not appropriate. I don't feel like that's right. So we just kept going through it again and I kept pulling back his performance. This is not making much sense, but anyway. Um, and did so he respond to that? Did he take that? Brilliantly. Good. So you have to be did part it? director at that moment. You have to be part director. Yes. Would you have discussed that level of how you interpret the part with the director? No. So you're making that up. It's yeah, to your absolutely. Own absolutely. And, you know, very often in auditions, it might be that I am auditioning you for Outlander and I'm taking you in a particular, particular direction and I have an interpretation of the scene. And it might be different from how the director that you work with on the program sees it, but that doesn't really matter. It's it's about showing showing you off your acting skills actually. Going back to that point, remember if producers are risk averse, directors we all need to trust the opinion of the person we delegate that role to. Mm -hmm. So I need to absolutely trust someone knows what she's on about. So she needs to sell you to me. You need to sell yourself to her and then to me and then to the producer and that way of working. Now just just you still game, I always cast it myself with a producer, um, partly originally because uh, the original production company wouldn't let me have a casting director and it worked that way. I know that when people come in they're aware of the size of the show and they'll be quite nervous. In comedy, quite often on that level of the show, you wouldn't hand out scripts, so I don't expect you to be off book because I will hand you a couple of pages on the day. And often in still games, literally one or two lines for the visiting uh, 
actors and the guest artists, and in a lot of BBC comedies, the main cast are there and the bit parts, without being derogatory about that term, are quite small, so you may get it on the day. We will, they should, directors should, give you enough time to scan through that and look at when you come in. So if you're running auditions as a filmmaker, have someone outside that's a pal that gets them in, gets their name, sits them down with the script, if you haven't already sent it, and give them enough time. You're an actor, not a mind reader. And I want the best actor in the world, not the best mind reader. So if I'm doing it myself, I will discuss the part. But I think Simone's point is really interesting, which is, how have you interpreted it first? Because you might give a reading that we've not thought about mm, beforehand, absolutely. and that will be fascinating to do. Yeah. So I would say to directors and producers in here, let them read it once, and then discuss either the character, but not the exact nature of it. And then always, always, always do a second reading, unless you're a complete idiot, in which case thank you, and that's is, is that do a second reading so that you can hear that they take direction. Now, if they've done it brilliantly the first time, and, and you can give good feedback, Change it anyway. Change it intentionally so that you can hear if they can take direction. That's really important because they may have just stumbled across it or they may be perfect at that intonation mm -hmm. and that kind of way of doing it. Actors in here, do you have any questions about that audition process while we're here? Yeah? Just another one, a point you made on Ella, when they walk in the room, say it or not, you kind of give it the wrong, the wrong way. Don't be the best intervention, but if you're a really good audition, you kind of blow your way. Then the next guy comes in, you really liked them, uh, but his performance wasn't as good. He's going to go with the characters and talent a lot, but done a better performance. Or? Better performance, no, always, always, always. I mean, I can think of some really successful actors who I used to audition. Aidan Gillan, who's a fantastic Irish actor, used to come into auditions and he was so kind of tense and Pinto. angry and really kind of unfriendly and then he would act and be completely amazing and actually I find that incredibly exciting when you see someone transform like that doesn't mean that you've got to be really nice you know some people are struggle and are shy or uncomfortable I don't mean that I mean just be pleasant but there's know. a good point is actually for the filmmakers in here don't film the whole process of the audition film the bit where they're acting yeah right First of all, it'll take you hours to edit and look back. But, but if you remember someone because of the meeting, that's great, and they'll strike a chord in your head. But when you watch it back, if you had a great time and then really laugh with somebody, you'll go, they're the person for me. But actually, if you watch it on tape, they might have been the best performance. What you are actually looking for is the best performance on screen of that role that you yeah. want. So film the performance, the takes only of the audition, and watch them back later, and then go, okay, and then that way you'll forget about how they were in the room. Can I ask you a daft question? Because personally, I don't think you need to, but I've heard some casting directors and some directors say this. Do they need to dress appropriately for the part? Now, obviously, now, Amanda, they're not going to come in. It's a plane. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I know that Naomi Rappi's dressed and had a haircut and punked up for the role of Elizabeth Salander for the Dragon Tattoo films, and because they didn't know she could look like that. What's your opinion about looking the part when they come in or not? What I think? actually think it's really important to think about the role you're coming up for, and I don't mean coming to Outlander wearing your kilt and your shawl and what have you, although shawls can be very helpful. Um, <laughs> but I think if you're coming in for a period piece, then don't wear glaringly um, branded right. things. Someone came in for an audition for me the other day on Outlander and she was really, really good but I was really distracted by the fact that she had a 
particular lipstick on, which was really wrong for that era. Mm. And I know that other casting directors would have, would have had to wipe that off her face, and I don't do that because I think it's kind of undermining to people. Sure. But, yeah, absolutely think about what you're going up for. Neutralise what you're wearing, perhaps, or, I mean... So if you, if you, if, let's say, for instance, these guys at their level are maybe coming in for a smaller part of uh, an office work or mm -hmm. something like that or an advert, should they dress in office gear? I think wearing a white shirt, for instance, uh, you don't have to go the whole way, but referring, <laughs> referring to it is... <laughs> as well as laughing really at the audition for the part, that's just a direct <laughs> the floral number, by the way, I'm in blue. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think... Thinking about the role, thinking about the character and how they would dress really works for you. And it also shows that you care, it shows your enthusiasm. Occasionally I'll work on something that's a, a period piece and people will wear something, I'm mostly talking about women of course, they'll wear something that just slightly refers to a particular era like the 60s or the 70s or whatever it is. I think it's a really good thing to do. It doesn't mean you've got to wear clothes from that era. Oh, do it's you just hair a totally kind of, like that? No, oh, yeah. no, not yeah. at all. But just think about it to show you care. And I think it, it does help because certainly further down the process, so the casting director has the tapes over and the directors review them, but then on telly and, and depending on the budget of a feature film, those will be going on to execs who will probably have a say in what's happening. And although some of those people can be incredibly creative, they, they're also might be across quite a number of projects and some of them I do wonder why, you know, some of them you, you do wonder why they make the choices they make but I think we work in the visual medium and anything that can get somebody's brain heading in the right direction is helpful and yeah. you, you, your tapes are going further than you would imagine in terms of the number of people that we'll see, especially when it starts to narrow down. And, and, and the conversations, not so much on the stuff I've produced, but when I've been line producing, the conversations that, that start happening in the production office between the execs and the producer and the director, because sometimes the director and the producer really want to go one way, but the execs or the commissioner from the channel are pushing very hard in another direction. And that's, I think that's something worth knowing as well, is you know, be aware that you could have turned in a great performance and put, got on really well with the director, and then through no fault of yours or even the director's, it might not go your way, and that's sometimes because there are wheels operating at a higher level that you, so don't be disheartened. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Absolutely. And, and, and I absolutely mean this. If you come for an audition with me, and we do it twice, and I go, thank you, that was great, cheer me by. It doesn't mean you did a great audition, it doesn't mean you did a rotten audition. I try and keep my auditions exactly the same all the way through, mm -hmm. unless you're a complete idiot, all right, in which case I'll just thank you and turn you around. But, uh, <laughs> but most of the time, um, I know, I absolutely know, because I'm married to one, actors will come and say, I thought that audition was great and I'll never hear again, and you all know that you've gone, that was terrible and you've got the part. Mm. You are not the best judges of your performance at the moment. Claire's point is really, really important, because what will happen is sometimes they will say, um, we thought that, but actually the most important thing, the most appropriate thing, is that they look like this and this and this. I'll give you a very quick wee story. Years ago when I tried to act, and I'm not very good at it, so I stopped it very early on, was in David Heyman's Finney. And at the time I was asked to play a trumpet player, and I can play musical instruments, trumpet playing jazz musician who was best pals of the lead. And the lead changed and became David Morrison, right? And, and he's a fantastic actor. And I was similar height and similar in northernness. And I don't, I, mean, I would never think I looked like him, but we were a bit more similar than we were. And, and David said, I've got this lead in here, 
uh, do you mind, I'm going to switch you to a different role, because actually it's a bit like when you're watching The X Factor and they put a girl, girl or boy band together, so you may lose out because you look too much like the lead, or you don't look like that, or it doesn't fit well together on set, or you'll come back for a recall, and there isn't that, it's not about the chemistry, but it just doesn't feel right, and there is nothing you can do about that, and, and do not beat yourself up, okay, D just don't. The other thing is, is uh, very quickly from my point of view, people always say to me, oh, my agent said I should have a question. My response is you don't have a question. You don't have to ask a question in an audition to show you're interested, all right? But certainly don't ask when will I hear, okay? Because I don't know, and if, if you've not got it, you'll never hear. All right, not being rude about that. That's the truth of most things. And we may say next week, we may say, I'm doing a sketch at the moment. I said to my writers, Two months ago, you will not hear from me until mid-April when I've made a final decision. Even if I know their sketches are already in, I've told them, and I will say to actors, I hope to let you know, these are the dates, are you available, this is what I think. Now, directors and filmmakers, be upfront with your cast. It doesn't matter whether they're high level or low level, you say to all of them, this is when we hope to film, are you available, good, okay? Secondly, this, this and this. Absolutely. Anything for you on that? Well, I'm just saying, uh, it's absolutely crucial for me, whatever I'm casting, that I go in, that everybody knows right at the beginning what the budget is, what the dates are, what we can pay people. So you can't have any of the, those arguments afterwards. You cannot. I mean, so you'd have that conversation with agents who would let them know before the audition or whatever? I don't know what, what they tell the actors, but I'm letting the agents know this is the deal, particularly on something low budget. And do you use a spotlight bringing actors who don't have agents? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get... If you don't have an agent, it's unfortunate, but it is harder um, to get seen for things. I, when I put briefs out, character breakdowns out, I put them out to all the agents, generally. And actually, I'll only put them out to everybody if I'm looking for something particularly difficult or unusual. Like in Moondogs, where you need specific musical playing... Yeah, exactly. exactly. If it's, or, yeah, or ballet dancers, yeah. or... I can't think of anything off the top Brazilians, of my head. You are. Brazilians. <laughs> they never want me for some reason. Um, <laughs> Only so if I could have taken you. Guys, let's open it up for questions, all right? Uh, on anything we've discussed or stuff we haven't talked about that you think you'd like to know, now's your chance to ask. Apart from, will you see me? All right? <laughs> Anybody? Yes, Maggie. No, I mean, you can't really make that introduction, but what I sometimes say to people, if I'm aware, for instance, that, uh, well, either I, I don't know their agent well, or I think their agent doesn't put them up for things, which can happen, is I'll say to an actor in an email, just get your agent to take note of my breakdowns on Outlander, for instance, um, just to, so that they can prod the agent who might not be doing that already. Also in Spotlight, remember, when you sent up your Spotlight direct link to someone in that, we'll have your agent's details so she knows where to find you. Okay? Don't make life hard for us. Okay? Also, by the way, before I forget, don't come in and say to me a week after an audition, oh, I might have booked a holiday, can you tell me if I've got the part or not? You're lying, bastards. 
knew you'd booked a holiday. All right, you knew you'd booked a holiday before. No one goes on lastminute.com anymore. Okay, but make life easy for us, okay? Let us know. So if you've got a boutique agent in London, can you teach um, Then just email someone and then say, here's my agent. And she might go, oh, I don't know that agent. I'll, I'll check it out. You know, that's part of her research. Okay, does that help? Yeah? Anybody else? Yes. Was Sorry, there was somebody back. Oh, was it? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite by a fluke. Um, You're in Brazil. <laughs> I was in Brazil. My, I, 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 I was. I knew that I wanted to work in the media. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point. I went and worked at Granada Television. Doesn't exist anymore, does it? Um, in the travel department to get into the company, and then I had a sister who was married to an actor. And my sister rang me up one day and said there was a casting director looking for an assistant. It wasn't something I'd ever considered. I didn't come from any kind of background of any theatrical anything. Um, but I went and worked for her for five years and then went out on my own. In those days, you had to do a sort of apprenticeship, which you kind of do now if you want to join the Casting Directors Guild. But really, the only way to become a casting director is to work for another one and do your training that way. That's still the case, you would say. It is, really. I don't see how else you can sure. do it. You can, I mean, I think working for an agent is another way to get to know casting directors, get to know mm. the scene from a different angle. But ultimately, I think you need to work with a casting director to see how the whole and process And then stab them in the back when you take over your own Absolutely. Firm. Steal the clients. Yeah, yeah, and all the rest. off. Yeah. Can I just ask generally about that when you say clients? Is that you mean actually producers that you work with or shows that will use that? Or do you mean the clients, your relationship with the agents? Or how do you form your little black book? A uh, lot of networking. Fine. I mean, you know, it's nice up here because it's kind of easy to get to know everyone up yeah, here. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, I should be haranguing you, Mike. No, please do. Well, I will be hiring you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm... But I'm just constantly meeting new people. I mean, that's something I really like about working with new filmmakers, actually. I'm looking for new people who've got exciting ideas, so, good scripts. So, if someone wanted to bring you on board as a consultant, but not full-time, yeah. what's the best way to attract you to it? Do you want to see a couple of pages of the script, or do you want to see the whole script? Whole script. Email you, yeah. short email. Yeah. I'm making a movie. We'd really love you to cast it and bring on really famous people for no money. Here's the script. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I just add, if you're going to do that, make it, it has to be the absolute best version yeah. of the script yeah. that you've got. Yeah. I'm working with some MA students and we've had this conversation. It, there's, it, there's no point sending the script that is, you know, only maybe first or second draft. It has to be the one that you would know that you're going to shoot because yeah. people will only read it once. Yeah. And they will stop early. Yeah. A lot of the time, they will stop early. This is a true story. I was telling someone earlier on, I did some advert and I told you that, that I was sent by a casting director all the faces we were looking at and it was already on fast forward. And I fast, so, so the video she'd made had filmed, telecined, a fast forward and reel of people's faces like that. And I just went, that one. And she went, okay. And that was it. It's brutal. It was that brutal. And advert casting can be that brutal. Do not kid yourself. Uh, it's, it's not a, quite a lottery, that would be unfair to say that, but advert casting particularly. Yeah, Is there anything you would add about commercials? I, I, I mean, I'd spent years and years casting commercials when I first started out. It is a tough... You've just got to think about the money, frankly. 
That's why yeah. we're all doing those. Yeah. <laughs> I work with some brilliant directors actually um, working in commercials, but yeah. Right, you had a question, it was just, I suppose, more important. The actors say, you need to make some about headshots, is it better for me to make a difference to use on Spotlight? Ah, can I have a profile? Photographer, or just headshot, is it? No, I don't look at the photographer's name ever. I don't know about you. Oh, my husband's a headshot photographer, yeah. so I can't He's possibly a... say that. But, um, He's a great photographer. But I think it's sure. you just, all you need, and again, this will vary depending on who you talk to. You just need a good headshot that looks genuinely like you, that's a kind of natural, relatively neutral photograph. Uh, I believe if you know. A, a, an agent friend of mine does a lot of stuff in musical theatre and and they want very glamorous, glossy headshots which are not things that particularly appeal to me. I like something very neutral so I can think about different things, different hooks to hang on the actor essentially. That's very interesting because I spoke to an agent in Edinburgh once who went to showcases who said, I want to see variety. I want to see you do lots of different accents lots of different stuff because they know that they can sell you to a variety of places. Okay. When I'm looking for it, I'm not looking for different accents, I'm looking for your most natural accent because I want to hear you act the best you can, okay? Unless I specifically need it to be in Northern Irish or whatever. I did some farm foods commercials a few years ago, quite a few years ago. I put a call out spotlight for Scottish-based actors who, could, who said they could do English accents and brought them in and then some of them were terrible because they were just lying about it. But um, don't think you have to put on an accent. Now, for agents, they want to see variety. Someone has just said that she doesn't want to see variety. I want to see the best person for that specific role. No one said it's going to be easy, but you should have a variety of stuff. If you are a musical theatre performer, then you should have a selection of glossy headshots where you look fabulous, yeah. and you should have a selection of black and white or colour photos where you look kind of mean and moody or just regular, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yes? Well, would you advise Research the casting director. From my point of view, the only thing that bugs me is when people repeatedly invite me to stuff in London and I'm not in London. I just feel a bit like, can't you just do your homework a bit? Um, those that say, just in case you're coming down to London, I feel a lot warmer towards. Yeah. But So you don't need to do a huge amount of research. Uh, it's useful. I mean, occasionally people write and say, I know that you work on Outlander, for instance, whatever. That's nice. It means that they've put some effort in, that you, they haven't just changed your name and sent, you know, because everybody does that. Of course, it's easy to just send something out very easily. But if you've paid oh, well, a little bit more attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Claire? What do you think? I think in terms of, for filmmakers, maybe I'm speaking more to filmmakers than actors, I think Google is your friend in our world. Um, and... Uh, it, there is an enormous amount of information on people out there. So whatever meeting you're going to be, you need to be well armed. You need to understand who you're meeting and what they've done before, and what because uh, you might be meeting people who are financiers, or you might be, you might be meeting, and you might be have had something set up by a casting director to meet an actor. And if you don't know who that actor is, that's just embarrassing. There's no reason for you not to know that before you go to a session. I think if you were going to work with an act, a casting director, and even if you can only afford to ask them on board as a consultant, the more work you've done yourself as a filmmaker to figure out what kind of, who you would like to be in it, what sort of cast you would like, and to educate yourself about the, about the, 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 the actors that are out there in the world, 
the better you're going to get on with that casting director. I think that's really important, is that as a director, I create emotion and paint pictures with words. My words, when I say beautiful, when the Belgian director says beautiful, we may have different meanings of that word. And we need to impart that, and I think that's really important. Don't say, I know where you live, all right? That's not a good thing to say, <laughs> all right, when you've looked up on the internet for that kind of stuff. Uh, yes? drawing on the idea of headshots and variety of things. Um, you're saying you prefer the more neutral mm -hmm. expression. Mm -hmm. Look, is there ever an occasion you prefer to see a range of shots, maybe showing um, different casting types that the actors put into? For example, yeah. I feel like I look very different with my hair, so back in the bun, then down. I mean, I, I, you know what, it's, we tend to look at that one picture on spotlight. <coughs> I mean, occasionally, I'm trying to think why we do this. If we're trying to ascertain someone's age, for instance, I might start looking through other photographs of mm. them. Um, I think, you know, for women, yeah, you might have a one headshot with your hair down, one with it up. Guys might have one with a beard, one without, that sort of thing. But you do not need a range of headshots. You don't need a load of pictures Be on spotlight of, of, of you in your bloody costume on, on stage, which I see quite a lot of. It's not necessary. But it's an important thing, is it, for instance, in Scotland, if you think about a lot of them where they need working class types, uh, and this is me being completely stereotypical, but your hair pulled back and not looking as glam to say I can play downbeat, or my hair forwards and full makeup now look a bit more glam. Might be nice to see those options, but we don't necessarily need to because we've got imagination and do it. So yeah. don't worry about it, but if you go back to Claire's point about the more information you can do, it's good, but the, the number of photos you have on Spotlight won't get you a gig. It's the right look and the right, often the right location and the right set of skills will bring you in. And once you're in, it's up to you. You know, everyone, basically, every, irrespective of what job you're going for in the industry, if you can get the foot in the door, it's entirely up to you on your merits and skill from then onwards. Just getting that foot in the door, make the best opportunities for yourself at any point about that. Okay? Anybody else? Okay. Yeah, I, I would say once you have got your headshots, try to keep them up to date. I once um, saw an actor. <laughs> Totally. Saw an actor for a role, and it was she was she was a good actor. There was nothing wrong. She was just ten years older than we needed for the role, and that and that wasn't being ageist. We genuinely needed someone to play someone's daughter. We knew who was playing the dad. We had to have someone that looked like Not the granny, yeah, or his sister. And uh, <laughs> and I rung the agent to say, thanks, but you know she was great. And unfortunately, we we got her in because her spotlight photo was this yeah. and then the person we met was not that person the agent said I know I've been trying to tell her to do that and it's it is important and also if you change your look I suppose I mean there's actors yeah. I know who've gone from being you know peroxide blonde and Skin pretty buxom uh, to, to yeah. having lost some weight and then and then gone back to their own natural hair colour and you know very sensibly you know put her put new headshots up and it, ma it does matter we don't really want a surprise when we walk in the room also I have had uh, jobs where and this might happen to you as you're working your way up where you might get background artist roles where people have been asked to go on to a job say where you're working in a police station and we had one guy turned up with a, a, a neck tattoo or a half face tattoo he was yeah. and, and seriously he was background for a police station and it just wasn't going to happen you know yeah. they ended up just having or he was this way the he, yeah he was they just shot him from one side the whole time other people who've turned up with their for, for having gotten uh, roles or background roles with their hair dyed and it, it, you know completely you know like like maybe green and we again we were we were using them for very straight 
thing. So if you, you know, just think about it, because those people just you just think they're a pest no, when they turn up. Yeah, that's it's the thing. Like, and also, someone's point of really is, is true. It's a small industry in Scotland, and we will talk about you. Yeah. I guarantee and we people, will say that person's brilliant. That person's a maniac. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, the thing is about playing ages, right? Just looking at you in my head, you could probably go 16 to probably late 20s just now. Uh, you, your playing age, okay? You might want to put, well, I could play a young mum up to 35. In adverts, they might say we want a mid 30s, what they actually mean, she looks about 22, because adverts want that. But I, I generally have had, and obviously it's still again, I look for specific age ranges where people say, uh, my playing age is 35 to 55, mm. and you're like, oh, come on, really? And then actually when they shot, what they meant was we start at 55 going north. And, and you've got to be honest, and I cannot, mm. I know I've banged on about that, but in spotlight, if you waste our time and turn up and you're not what you say you are, I am not going to go back to you. Yeah. A, you'll have annoyed me, B, and I don't mean to be rude about that, but B, I will have wasted time, uh, and C, Next time I'm looking at that, I won't even think about your acting because I just said, well, no, you were me up last time. Like the guy who was covered in tattoos who auditioned for me on a self-tape for a, a, a Roman, I think it was, for a kid's <laughs> series, and then turned up covered in tattoos, which he had... Well, he'd hidden them. Yeah. He'd hidden them before. Yeah. There weren't Roman Not numerals good. on his head. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with the, with, the, with the interest in tattooing now, it does all surprise me, the choices for people who want to be on screen, choosing to tattoo... Is I a agree. really bold thing to do because it will it it will limit. Billy Boyd, who's in Lord of the Rings, told me that all the nine Fellowship of the Ring all got a special tattoo together, right? So you've got Ian McKellen, Sean Bean, all all of them, and he had his here on the foot here. He says no one will look at that. As an actor, I wanted the tattoo. I want to be part of that. But I'm going to put it there because actually I can cover that up, and no really no one's yeah, going to really see absolutely. it. He's not doing any shawl adverts, yeah. but otherwise uh, yeah. Yeah. we're going to have to wrap up very shortly. Any last question? Yes, Mrs. There's a really easy way to do it. There's the Casting Directors Guild website will tell you, give you everyone's details. You're, you can easily email everyone. And there is also Casting Directors Society. Yes, there's, a, there's another one. I can't, I think it's that. But yeah, CDG website is invaluable. And also will tell you when people are looking for assistance and will tell you what they're looking for, how much experience what you need to have. What makes a good assistant? Um, someone who's very efficient, personable. You, if you've got your own Mac, generally we all work on Macs. Um, you need to know how to upload, download and upload tapes. Um, there are various systems that we all work on uh, which you get to know over time. Um, you know, do you do, do what do casting assistants have to do if they're? I mean, I'm just thinking of someone I know who did it. And yeah. She was London based, and yeah. she seemed to get not much sleep because she had to go to theatre a lot because she was sent to plenty of going to the theatre. Absolutely, um, a lot of setting up auditions, bringing cakes. That yeah. always goes down now. <laughs> uh, setting up auditions often. I mean, I've got. Anna, who's been working with me for four years now and worked with other casting directors before me, so she's very experienced. She does the auditions as much as I do. Um, yeah, putting together picture lists, checking availabilities, uh, coming up with your own ideas. So good working knowledge of 
actors in their geographical yeah. area based in is helpful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We just uh, finish off and ask you, uh, filmmakers in here, just uh, who's, a, who's a producer in here? The gentleman at the back, what have you taken from today? What have you remembered from everything we said? Just there's um, a So the audition process is all still there. Okay, cool. Let me ask one of the actors here, what have you taken from today, sir? Maybe less if you want. In terms of? Just headshots and present myself instead of pestering and putting aside that too much, I think. Even the word pestering when you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Anybody else? Anything that you've stuck in your head today that's worth passing on? What have you got from the, your um, question? Always, always put money in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. Absolutely. It's true. It's true. It works. <laughs> I just want to say something that keeps occurring to me all the time, which is something I was saying earlier about um, basically the the audition is the job, and just because you don't get the job doesn't mean you haven't made a contact with someone we will probably bring you back again if you've done a good job then we'll so you'll see, see someone you for Outlander and actually they may be good for something else if absolutely absolutely it's a really important contact that you've made there and actually you may be remembered and by producers and directors for another role further down the line so absolutely don't true. forget yeah, that it's all, all auditions are good Okay, lovely. I'm going to wrap up now, so I'd like you to put your hands together for some morning clapping. And, pl uh, and play party in the long gallery on the fifth floor from 6.15pm. Do come along, it's a fantastic opportunity to network, uh, network and discuss today's panels. If you liked what you've seen today, then you should consider becoming a BAFTA Scotland member. I'm on the BAFTA Scotland committee, it's a brilliant thing, and if you can, that would be great. Absolutely. There are event screenings and masterclasses all year round. Check out the BAFTA Scotland website for any more info. Uh, I'd like to thank Gordon and Marcus for looking after us today. I hope you found it interesting. Thank you very much. Bye.